Football Podcast. This is your host, Gabe Lezra, and I am joined by Evan that's here, uh, as usual. Evan, not not quite as much to yell about this week. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, not in volume, but, like, there's a lot of FIFA shit, though. And we fucking love to yell about FIFA. Love to yell about FIFA. It's extremely on brand for us. This is going to be a... If you like this show, this is going to be... This is gonna be catnip. This is your shit right here because this Red is just gonna butter. be us fucking with one joke and then literally <laughs> talking about all the FIFA, all of the these this, this disgusting, gross, you know, demons back there with FIFA. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Strap in. This is uh, this is another. This is, I wouldn't say this is a dessert show because we actually have some shit to talk about because of what FIFA's done, but like. This is this is sort of a dessert show because I want to lead it off with uh, one of the funniest things that I saw on the internet. I've been talking about it with my Real Madrid friends, but I just wanted to bring it up. Uh, Barcelona, Evan, they added two Twitter or two emoji trophies to their Twitter handle, and um, seemed like they're having a pretty regular one over there. Just a very, I mean, it's a very normal celebration that if you go across Twitter to all the other teams that have also won championships, they. Uh, uh, Actually, no, no, none of the other teams that have won championships have added uh, Twitter emoji fucking trophy <laughs> because it's fucking douchey to do. <laughs> it's douchey. It's weird. And if you're in a situation like Barca where you were really wanted three, it it seems like you're overcompensating for the, that's, that's the, the big third thing. one. It's like a self-own. It's like, ah, oh, we won the double, but it's just reminding everybody that you're already knocked out of the Champions League and you can't win the treble. And it's kind of it's kind of sad, folks. But they also and another self Barca own was they gave themselves the pasillo. So the pasillo is the thing that every, um, or not tr- not everybody like traditionally you do in Spain, in a La Liga match after the opposing club has won has won some sort of championship. If it's they've already locked down La Liga, if they won the Copa del Rey, if they win the Super Cup, uh, and normally back in the day. If they won the Club World Cup, it was part of it. Um, Real Madrid played Barcelona in um, in Madrid after Madrid won the Club World Cup. Barcelona refused to do it, so fair play. I get it. I, I fuck that. Um, and then Real Madrid was the first team to face Barcelona after they uh, wrapped up La Liga, and then refused to give them the pasillo. So one week later, Barcelona gives themselves a pasillo. Just so is this like is this like the guard of honor that they exactly do? Exactly what it is. It's yeah. the same thing, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, it's like completely discretionary. But like, I think that that's the real point is that it's reciprocal, right? It's yeah. like you fucked us, so fuck you, right? Um, <laughs> but also they did it themselves. But, oh, that's right. But then they did it themselves. Gave themselves like, that's one. The, like that's the most important thing, and th- like it literally is fucking masturbatory, right? <laughs> they also so, we they, are so great. We are so great. <laughs> There's this, um, they also brought out all, um, so apparently five organizations of the Barca, like ownership complex or whatever, like within the Barcelona ownership group, five like organizations won a championship. So like there are two from, from the soccer. I think they're, I don't think their basketball team won. Uh, I think it was like their field hockey and maybe their handball team also. And they were like, yeah, check out all the trophies we won this year. It's like. Yeah, man, like you guys, yeah. your your league handball team really like apparently won whatever the league handball thing is. Very, very important, very important championship. Extremely, very important, very important award. <laughs> Extremely important award. Uh, but uh, I think that to just, I mean, 
I think that's a pretty good, pretty good advertiser course. But what we've got today is um, so four four two. Our friends, they've published our friends' work. Um, they know us. Uh, they publish, I think, a really genuinely interesting question. <laughs> As in, like, the type of shit that actually deserves to be discussed and debated online, um, which was just, um, which is the most overrated goal? It's a good, it's a good question. It's like, this is great. This is great pub talk question, which is also really on brand for us. That's good Yeah, shit. it is. It's also just, no, it's just good online. It's just good online shit, too. So if, if good, pub question, good pub questions are almost always also good online questions, you're right. just going to end up with, because online is like having a pub conversation with 30,000 people or whatever, whoever, many people looked at this tweet, you're going to have some weirdos. You're going to have a lot of people that maybe you wouldn't ask that question to because you know the answers. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the numerous Manchester City fans who popped in to say that Rooney's uh, bicycle kick, actually not that great a goal, folks. Nope, nope. It was really lucky, you know. That was my favorite. Like, oh, Rooney's shin. I'm like, he was spinning upside down in the air when he found a way to get the shin to the ball. Like, regardless, like, it's a great goal. Like, Jesus Christ. And, like, it's not even that overrated because people don't talk about it, like, all the time. Like, we they show it on replay because it's beautiful. But, like, they don't talk about it all the time in the same way that they talk about some of these other goals that we're going to get to. Yeah. Um, of course – there's these amazing Arsenal fans who have found a reason to be still angry about a goal from the 90s who posted uh, a bunch of shit about how Ryan Giggs' goal versus Arsenal, I think, in the FA Cup final. Um, well, it's not actually that good. So so this was fun for me. This whole thread was fun for me because you know, I'm a little bit newer to the uh, to the football game and, 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 and you know – I was not watching in the '90s. Let's put it that way. And so I, I you know, am still I'm in a continual process of catching up um, on some of the historical stuff. So I had not actually seen the Ryan Giggs goal, or I'd probably seen it before, but didn't really right. know what I was looking at. Um, so I went back and watched it, and this is the closest I've ever come to agreeing with Arsenal fans before, and it really oh, hurts. It's really lot. shocking. <laughs> um, it's it, the problem is that it to me is a bad. It's a crap '90s football goal. It's like absolutely entire. So there's like, I think there's two parts to this goal. If we're going to break it down, there's the run and then there's the finish. Right. And so the finish was good. It was a good finish, good finish. but the run, like it's like, it, it looks at first it wasn't glance. Bad. Like it was a bad run. run. The problem is it was fucking shit defense. <laughs> it un- unbelievably. People are just throwing legs around everywhere. <laughs> and it's like someone tackled a fucking ball. So it's just such bad defense that the the goal for me overall suffers because someone should have just slid in and killed him. Right. And <laughs> they did not. Uh that being said, I thought I still think it's even now, I still think it's cool. I mean, neither of us really I think run in circles where anyone would be fighting about whether that was a good goal or not now. Yeah. yeah. Um but like it's cool to think that people are still fighting about that. That's a that cool thing. Fun. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I like that. I don't. I don't know which side I fall into. I. 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 I actually, you know, maybe credit the dribbling a little bit more because I think some of those guys were trying to take him out, but the art of taking out the guy like that hadn't quite been developed since you know Messi came into the league. Like that. That art kind of evolved with him because you had to do that with him. But uh, the art of just killing him, right? Just like fucking smashing yeah. into the dude. That's yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> just take take your yellow card and move along. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I also, I wanted to say like, it's, it's just a fact. I thought the banter just generally among the EPL fans, because this was really just the EPL 
you know, group of people. It was very like rare that other things were brought up even. And when they were, they were dumb. But the EPL banter was fucking terrible. Just terrible. Just awful. Bad. Low quality. I mean, the problem is the EPL banter, at least among a lot of the Twitter fans, is like it's all super predictable is the problem. Um, You know, that, 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 yeah, that's the problem. Like, you have this stupid comment about how like they they can't stop. Like Liverpool fans can't, you know, miss this opportunity to be like to to talk about Harry Kane claiming that Christian Eriksen goal from a few weeks ago. And like, how boring is that? It is. It's, it's extremely, boring. extremely boring. It is. It's boring. It's boring. It's just it's not not good banter. No, yeah, it's just coming in to try to score another point because you're salty about right. you know Kane trying to keep in the golden boot race, which he's already lost basically. If so you're more it's stupid. If you're more, if you really wanted to like come at Tottenham, you'd make basically essentially any other joke about, like, not about Harry Kane. You'd just be like, oh, Harry Kane's goal, that all, like, whatever. After, like, if you want to come at someone in a real way, like, make an actual joke, not just like repeat the stupid bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a million tap in, Harry Kane tap in goals that you could go and say we're overrated, that we're important goals. Like, you can, you know, there's plenty. Right. Um, and, you know, so do that, I guess. But it's also, you know, it's, I don't know, it misses the spirit of the conversation, right? We're, we're talking about big, impactful, famous goals. Yeah. And, like, just so, go away with your stupid little pedantic shit. All right. So speaking of those, I think um, there are two that I want to talk about. I want to talk about one of them first, which is um, on rewatch – I kind of get the people that are that that don't see as much in the Ronaldinho goal against Chelsea. Yeah, I remember it as like it was it was a crucial goal at that point in the match, like et cetera, et cetera. But like what I remember about that goal is much different than what that goal actually seems to have been on rewatch. It was just basically Ronaldinho smacking it with his toe from outside of the area. Like yeah, it was perfectly on point, but like. You know, there were about seven Chelsea defenders in the way, and he saw the goal and literally just kicked it with his toe as hard as he could, and it went in. I mean, I I, I don't know. Yeah, so this is another goal that I, I'm really seeing for the first time going through these. I hadn't, I hadn't seen this before. Once again, if I had, I guess I probably had, but I didn't really know what I was looking at. So... I also watched it kind of with fresh eyes today and I'm on board with you. I, so, I mean, it's not that it's not a good goal. It's definitely a good goal. And like, I'd be very oh, excited. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'd be yeah, excited for any time I saw this goal. The thing is, it's not really that much different than like any other curler from the edge of the penalty area. And if anything, if anything, it's luckier because it was a, like, if you like looking at that replay, the, my man hit it with his toe. There was no spin yeah. on that ball. So yeah. He's lucky that shit didn't knuckle in any weird way, which is the whole point of having no spin on your ball, basically. Right. And like, right. and I mean, I, so like it's good. It's good. And and I understand that it can be taken to great by the context, which was um, huge. Is my which idea. was very important. But I think you're right that when you watch it, you know, kind of objectively, it's a little bit lucky. It's not. It's not. It, it just doesn't scream spectacular. Yeah. Um, okay. And so in, and then we have a two, I think actually spectacular goals that were really, I don't know where you get this kind of labeled incorrect. First of all, um, Roberto Carlos's free kick versus France. It's one of the greatest goals I've ever seen in my life. And like the idea that like, I mean, it's not overrated. If anything, people don't talk about it enough. This is a ball that, I mean, he hit it with the outside of his left foot, like, 40 yards out. 
curling around like I mean in, in a, you know upper corner against Fabian Barthez, who was the arguably best goalkeeper of the era pre Buffon pre Casillas. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you even find that as a like. I think there was one guy who was like, it's because it made everyone think he was good at free kicks. But he, is, I mean, like, do you see this goal? It doesn't matter. That's not the point. Um. So I'm watching it right now, first time. That's a really good goal. <laughs> it's a really, good, really goal. good goal. It's a really good goal. It's really good. I mean, I love the run up for the free kick too. That's really cool. And this like classic a, like a twenty yard run up for this. It's like he's like a fucking like place kicker in the NFL, and he wallops it. That's a good goal. I think that I think that people are willing to say that any goal that is good is overrated, right? So you just it's overrated is a totally subjective thing, and you can use it to right. banter with your people. The problem is that when your banter is wrong, man, man, is it wrong and dumb? Oh, look, so I'm looking. I'm for sorry. Example, for example, when it's wrong, it's wrong, man. And and the bad banter that was extremely wrong. I mean, shout out to the Barcelona fans who said that the Zidane volley was the most overrated goal of all time because that goal cannot be overrated, <laughs> in no. my opinion. And like these people, I I mean, just shout out to you guys because that is that is very intense. So they they I, I, in the YouTube video of the Roberto Carlos goal I was watching gave another angle from right behind him and now I'm even more sold on how great this goal is because that thing at its furthest point before it started curling back towards the goal yeah. was like ten fucking yards yeah. outside the <laughs> yeah. post yeah, 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 and came yeah. all the way back like yeah. that thing was it was like a fucking like you know <laughs> major league baseball curveball. It was incredible. Like no, no, no. Like it's, a slider. It's a ridiculous idea. That sure. It was not a was not a great goal. Like, and it's not overrated either. Sh- check it out. Like yeah. it can be appropriately rated, and that is, I think, an appropriately rated goal. It's like one of those you have to see it free kicks. Like one yeah. of those goals that if you're trying to show someone why soccer is cool, you show them shit like that, right? Yeah. Just like if you want to show like the Zidane goal, right? So I think. This is the worst take in this entire thing. I get some of the other people, like, I get other things, you know, I get, I think that, you know, Roberto Carlos versus France is a bad take. I think the Rooney one is a terrible take, but this is the worst. The Zidane volley, first of all, to win the Champions League. Second of all, the idea that he just threw his foot at it and it happened to do this particular arc is one of the least likely things ever. This is... I mean, this is also the most technically gifted player that we basically ever seen since Pele and and Di Stefano. Like, he meant to hit that shot. He meant to do. It wasn't like random. And even here's the thing: even if it were random, my guy, still incredibly beautiful, great goal, and it does it has nothing nothing on being overrated. There's nothing that you can say that makes me think that that goal is overrated because we don't talk about it enough. That's part yeah. of the reason. Yeah. No, this has both the parts that we were talking about before with like it has the technique and then also like the context, like the awesome context to, you know, to win the Champions League. And like, frankly, I don't care that much if he meant what he was like. That's the thing is I don't care that much whether he meant to do what he was doing or not. He did it. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter. matter. What's what's the point of us looking into that aspect with the mentality? But I will be. I will like. Maybe he just meant to. Hey, like I'm gonna smack this. I'm gonna try to put it towards the left of goal. See if he goes in. That's a. Fun, then he did it. And he did it. Like who cares why? Like right. like Ronaldinho may have thought, hey, I'm gonna try to chip this ball because there was a cutting runner. I'm gonna try to chip this ball, up. and he messed up, and he smacked that thing into the goal. Who cares? It's the yeah. same same result. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I agree, hundred percent. All right, so 
And now we get to the point where I get to say, I think the actually correct answer to this entire discussion is Maradona's Mano de Dios, the hand of God goal against England, which we still like revere, we still talk about. It it is, for my money, the most overrated goal ever. Ever, so ever scored. Yeah. No, you're fucking right though. You're hundred percent right. And this one I have seen because like this one, and this is why it's so overrated. There's a couple of reasons. The one is that it's we gotta say, well, where is it actually rated? This thing transcends soccer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everybody has seen the hand of God, even if you don't really watch soccer, like it makes it on sports center now and then like everybody knows it. So it's rate Like where it's rated is suit. It's like through the fucking roof. And then it's fucking cheating. <laughs> the man cheated. And he you fucking like bragged about it. I mean, like right. that owns, right. It per owns that he bragged about it. If but you cheat when you make, when, if, if the goal was the result of intentional cheating, it's per se, not a good goal. It's also not, it's also not that good a goal. Like he jumps up and he uses his hand to knock it over the keeper. I could yeah. do that goal, man. Seriously. Right. Like I could, I could lay, like lay a ball up in the air so that it ru- like went over a, a chasing dude yeah. into the goal. That's actually not that technically hard to do. So like yeah. I mean uh, it's why you're not allowed to use your hands in soccer, no, right? Like there's a reason there's a reason why the rule exists. And it's so you can't do that because it wouldn't be fair. <laughs> it's just so good. I I I'm still baffled that this wasn't like more of a consensus. I think there's maybe one or two people that brought it up, but still the fact that this was an overwhelmingly agreed on as the most overrated goal ever scored is beyond me. I mean, Messi did the, th- the same thing a while back, and they were talking about him as if, like, this is, oh, my God, like, look at this, you know, the, the similarities and blah, blah, blah. And, like, yeah, that they are, like, very similar, except for Maradona's way cooler because he did a bunch of coke. But, like, they are <laughs> kind of similar. But like they, this if they, this the reason they're similar that that you finally noticed is because they both fucking cheated and scored like by laying a ball over a keeper with their hands. What do you want to bet though that? And and actually, I I don't. I mean, I I a hundred percent think this that Messi is so is like like he's not unaware of like his own legacy and where he is, and he's like, you know what I need? I need a hand to God goal. <laughs> I bet he does like, think that. I, I need, and so he's just like waiting his whole career for like one chance to give it a shot. <laughs> he's like, got it. I'm, I got it. Got, I got here it, it is. It. Here it is. Here's the ball. This is my Here's hand my- to God goal. That's the middle. I'm the best. Try to be best because you're only a man, and a man's got to learn to take it. Try to believe, though the going gets rough, that you got to hang tough to make it. Hand of uh, guard of honor. I'm giving him. I'm in play. I'm putting that song in here. Just FYI. Just maybe just a clip. Good. Um, Good. I just also um, two things. Um, there was, I think, good and correct general agreement on that thread, which is very rare in the internet. This is, the online is terrible, but that goals from midfield generally are overrated. Yeah, 
I think that's basically correct. I, and, and here's why they're overrated. I, I think there's two reasons why, right? Any reasonably competent striker can hit the target from the middle of the field. Like right. the, at least at least a reasonable percentage of the time. And so it's not actually that impressive when they put it in the net. It's more just the, you know, having their heads up and knowing when the keeper is is too far off the line. And then that's the second part that's crucial. Every midfield goal is pretty much created by the keeper fucking up. Right. It's and and yeah, they hit the ball correctly. But there are also a lot of plays in in, in matches that people watch that someone tries that shit, it doesn't come off. And like they yeah. like they see the keeper off the line, they go for the shot, they miss. But yeah. like when it goes in, it's really cool. But also yeah. they're doing it mainly because it's like a blunder in chess or in any other game where you make a, a like a real game changing mistake. Being too far off your line in uh, you know against the wrong team is a game changing mistake. If Cristiano Ronaldo yeah. sees you, you know, even ten yards off your line, he's gonna maybe he's like it's the, you know he could take that shot and that's that's a higher percentage shot than you 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 should get, be giving up to anyone. Right, um, but the higher percentage shot is mostly depend. Like how high percentage the shot is, is dependent on where the goalie is. Is the right. point? Yeah, right. And that's why the goal themselves are overrated. That's right. Because it's almost all about whether the goalie's on his lo- too far off his line or not. Also, we're we're I think underrating awesome goals scored by goalkeepers. For example, Jose Luis Chilavert used to score goals, and um, <clears throat> he was my favorite keeper ever. No one even brought the fact that he, like, isn't even in conversation for, like, you know, if you want to talk about most overrated, want to talk about most underrated goals, like, some of his shit where he, like, rushed up the field and smacked the ball in from right outside the area. He's a goalie. I can be doing that shit. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, All right. And also, shout out to, uh, I want to shout out to cops. Um, So, big old cop alert to the two people who said that Ibrahimovic uh, his goal versus England was bad. These guys are absolute cops. John Baker at JP Baker and Tom Peck um, at Tom Peck, who is a political correspondent for the independent. No, you guys are, are cops, fucking cops. Anyone who thinks that Ibrahimovic, you know, that goal versus or literally any Ibra goal, yeah, basically. Yeah. Is, but this is, goal in particular, holy shit. I mean, this is nonsense. You're, you're yeah, speaking so nonsense. Stupid. I mean, this is this this actually is it was this goal that gave me like really solidified my opinion that people were willing to say that any goal was overrated, um, like any great goal, like someone yeah. will tell you to overrated because this goal is <laughs> fucking amazing. It's a bicycle kick from fifteen yards outside of the area. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. This and this Zidane goal. Uh, when I saw those pop up, I was like, this is insane. Who? I mean, with the Ibra goal, who even thinks to try a bicycle kick from there? <laughs> only the who best thinks, player only Ibrahimovic thinks, you know what? I could probably put this on target. Why the fuck not? And he does. Oh, he rules. He rules. Um, all right. So, yeah, avoid those cops because they're going to narc on you. Uh, it doesn't matter what you do. They're going to narc because they're cops. Um, okay. Let's let's get into some of the more um, more interesting or at least less bullshitty stuff. A um, bunch of big FIFA news, and I think the the best way to just kind of just kind of explode it all out, vomit it all up, because <laughs> that's what this is. FIFA Yanni Infantino has been hawking uh, the Club World Cup. Um, he's also been as part of that uh, uh, hawking a you know. 
kind of smaller Club World Cup to a consortium of seven teams. They're bidders. FIFA's uh, conference where they all vote on this shit is in May. Or is it, I'm sorry, I think it's at the end of, or is in June. I mean, this shit is, uh, these are a lot of big changes that would happen really quickly. We're going to break them both like down for you kind of generally. Um, I think actually... Evan, um, by the way, everyone, um, Yanni Vettino selling FIFA. That's, you know, selling out already. He's selling out as if FIFA didn't already sell out, but he's selling out. So make sure to DM or tweet at Infantino to tell at him. Infantino, let how them obsessed. know. Let him know how upset you are. Right. Them. And no. Maybe they will, uh, maybe they'll send you some baby toys. Yeah. They'll send, they'll send you a clip on stroller toy. <laughs> <laughs> So I think we should explain what's going on with um, the Club World Cup. I think because I think it frames the Super League discussion. Um, <laughs> Fucking go for it. Explain it. <laughs> okay, so everyone has been talking about this idea of a Club World or of a um, kind of a Super League forever, and recently it emerged that Infantina was pressuring FIFA members to vote for a proposal that would have sold or at least created a joint venture with a 25 consortium or member consortium uh, that has not been released to the public, but apparently has an office in London. So it's really good reporting work, everyone. But one would assume we all know sort of who's behind it. It's all of, you know, the sovereign wealth funds that already own teams and then the brands that would benefit. So these people came or these entities came forward to say that they would like to buy or at least create a joint venture for, revamping the Club World Cup into some sort of European Super League. Now, I had always thought that the year of the European Super League as an alternative to uh, the current structure of individual domestic leagues. Yeah. Yeah, same. Um, it appears to me that the way they're framing it is not as that, which I think it could eventually maybe become, even if it's created this way, but rather as more of a world cup for European club teams where they host it once every four years. And that is a totally different idea than anything I had previously heard. Um, the club world cup is obviously every year. So I don't really know what that's about. Um, but that, that was what, um, Gabriele Marcotti of ESPN, you know, kind of explained in, 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 in his article on the subject. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's hard for me to see exactly. It seems like it's almost like two different ideas that are coming together in the process of being brought together. Right. So there was the idea of an expanded quadrennial club world cup. And I feel like that is now being merged with the pre-existing idea of the Super League. And that's where these seven teams have been brought in to kind of talk to them about what, you know, how, you know, how they would feel about this because, you know, and I feel what I'm imagining is the pitch was something like this. This is a thing we're thinking about doing, you know, to the seven clubs. We know you guys have been interested in a club, you know, in, in a Super League before. Maybe this is something that satisfies that you know that desire yeah. that you had had without you having to tear down the structure of you know the full all the way down the the you know the the, the basic structure i mean of in, my, in my view that's a that's a very good and charitable reading of what's going on here i'm just not sure that that's where like someone like Infantino is actually but you know i i think that's I mean, look it's the, the pitch that i'd make right but it's also um 
these a lot of these clubs want the uh want the super league not as a uh you know and just another way to get tons of money um in this specific fashion right by playing a club competition um or by playing a a, a knockout competition but actually to to literally supplement their league right to literally yes. say no we don't want to split any TV revenues with fucking Wolverhampton anymore we're going or Real Madrid saying I don't want to give any more money of the TV money that we think that we generate for this league uh, to Girona anymore, you know? Right. Yeah. And I guess my thought is more like FIFA sense it FIFA and, and, and by extension UEFA, you know, sense that that's where these guys are, these teams are, but are also fairly unwilling to sanction outright the super league. Yeah. As right. they should, I mean, like as theoretically they should be, because actually I think it would be a real, real negative on the overall level for football. Yeah, I think I think it would be the shit of it out of it. General. Yeah, I mean, it would be a fun league by itself, and would make a ton of money. It would be horrible for mm-hmm. every other level of soccer. We didn't actually tell which which of this which teams these are. So this is um, the teams that were brought in are, and I and I said for some reason in this, and I still st- I stand by it for some reason. Like you can make comments about some of them, but like. You know, anyways, for some reason, our Real Madrid, Barca, Manchester United, I get that conglomeration of teams just because of the literal amount of money they have. But then, you know, and then let's say they brought in Juve and Bayern, the best Italian, the best uh, German team, and the ones with the, like, arguably, you know, the most cause to be in a new Super League. All right. And then they bring in Manchester City, PSG, no one else. That is a strange constellation of seven, unless you kind of layer on the fact that the non-Bayern, Juve, and, you know, Madrid, Barca are all owned by people with a lot, a lot of money. Yeah. And then, you know, that it has to be that, too, because, like, City is not the next biggest club in England after United. Yeah. Like Arsenal's a bigger club and Liverpool's a bigger club yeah. in terms of supporter, like natural support and and natural resource, financial resources, <laughs> we'll say, as opposed to the resources obtained by turning on the oil spigots. And even the the American and they must sense that the American Liverpool ownership group, which they're right to sense this, right? Because it's Fenway Sports Group, are probably not as likely to like be willing to Invest tons and tons of money. Like they came to basically, if you looked at this, the clubs with the most money and the people that had to be there. So the people that had to be in this discussion were Real Madrid, Barcelona, and I think you have to have Juve and Bayern. And I think you also probably have to have I think United. You have, I think you have to have United too. Yeah. But I think you're right that I think your instinct is right that City and PSG did they there you can construct versions of this list that doesn't have them. No, absolutely not, right? They have like for any 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 you know you could have eliminated PSG entirely because the French league is unimportant and no one follows it really. Yeah. But PSG have so much goddamn money. So and it's probably PSG's ownership like it would their idea. It's first of all probably their idea, second of all they're probably the head of that 25. Look, I'm speculating. Don't sue me. Literally, I don't don't want to be sued about this. I'm speculating. Um but I would bet that that the Qatari the 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 Qatari sovereign wealth fund are involved in that in that bid. There's yeah. no other way to really explain the fact that you know 
some of this is happening. <laughs> um, but here's a cool thing. I mean, we could just why don't we discuss really quickly a little bit more about. I mean, if we're doing a European kind of world, actual World Cup competition, right? We would yeah. have to. There would have to be some sort of qualification process. Well, I mean, that's always been the point of contention for the Super League, right? So the Super League has always had a kind of this tension where on the one hand, the whole point of the Super League is so that all of these uh, other, you know, all these big clubs can stop having to play minnows and can just play each other. And the that's intention with the idea that there would have to be some way of deciding who's in the Super League and there's no way it would ever happen without some way of other teams penetrating the Super League somehow, you know, some kind of promotion relegation system or something. But then that obviously creates the potential of the big guy having to go down and play the minnows. And so it's, you know, that's the the problem. And so it's the same thing here. It's like, you have a qualification process where minnows are able to, and we're talking like relative minnows where, you know, now we're talking gigantic fish that we're considering minnows like Liverpool or, you know, or, or via or Atleti or, you know, whatever. Um, You know, they're, they're going to have to have some way of accessing this. I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way it's going to be a whatever this is with seven teams. But what I meant when I said there's got to be some sort of qualification process was that the qualification process I was thinking of was the World Cup style where it, it goes over years. Yeah. Uh, and that to me makes some sense um, if they're going to do it every four years, but it seems stupid. I mean, like I get why a four year cl- every four-year club tournament would people would care about, but it also – club football is so – it actually really, you know, it doesn't like well, it's, it'd it's be more really, dynamic. It would be really right? random. I mean, like it is with with the. I mean, it just doesn't really make sense when it, you know, because then suddenly all the clubs, and maybe this would be better for the clubs. They're thinking in four year cycles. Suddenly, right? They're yeah. like, oh well, this this player that we you know that we brought on who, and then we didn't win this one when he was twenty nine. I mean, he can be too old to help us at tw- at at, at thirty four. So his market value changes. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah, but, this whole thing is weird. Here's, here's where the whole thing doesn't make sense to me. And I know this is this is obviously not. I mean, this is not breaking news. This objection, but <laughs> we already we already have a fucking Champions League. I know. Like, what the fuck? I think like, it's what, the way what Gab, what Gab Marcotti said was that it was literally FIFA. Basically, was like I want to I want a chunk of that change, but they already get it. They already get that. That's yeah. the only way that this makes sense is if everything that we've said about FIFA is basically true, which is that they're not some sort of, you know, <laughs> uh, a nonprofit organization that just wants to like promote bring soccer. football over the world. Like that's not what they're doing. They're just like we need to hoard this money. We need to get as much of that gold, put it in a pit, and then swim in it. Uh, and like as Sepp Blatter said in the movie that he had produced <laughs> about himself, what we need is money. <laughs> what we need is money. And what they what they're going for here. The only way this makes sense is money. Now, speaking of fun club finances stuff that I actually didn't know about. Um, I found out today that both Bayern and Juve are structured as like either public or semi-public corporations. My understanding is that Madrid and Barca are privately held corporations, um, but that have a weird ownership structure themselves. Um, but the rest of the people here are, you know, either straight up owned or, or whatever. But I just wanted to talk quickly about Bayern and Juve because I don't know about this, but it's pretty cool that 
the uh, the people that actually own the teams that actually own Bayern control their uh, their decisions are uh, uh, German national corporations. They are not national, but like, like German nationalized corporations: Adidas, Audi, and Allianz. And that's, in my view, quite interesting and cool so, so, <laughs> that those so, guys hold the most percentage total in, yeah. in Bayern. Yeah, they're the biggest shareholders. I think, I think, I think that the Bundesliga has rules where a certain portion of the club has to be like owned by club members or something like that. Yeah. So like it's like it's sense. like split up between like the corporate owners and then there's basically kind of like think like the Packers model. Like yeah, yeah, players. yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Um, where like a, there's some portion of that in the Bundesliga has to be owned by. Basically I think it's seventy five twenty five. The Bundesliga, Something if I remember like that, yeah. correctly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So something like that, but twenty five percent of seventy five or twenty five percent of one hundred percent when it gives you controlling interest basically. In uh, yes, it does, and they definitely do. Um, but you know whatever they they're run quite well. The Bundesliga generally is run really well. I have. Have no problems with that. The f- much funnier one are Juve, <laughs> who has. All right, this is something maybe I just don't know about. Maybe Evan, you're gonna like laugh at me for thinking about this, but I thought this was the, the shadiest ownership structure of all time, which is basically that Juve is um, owned by a corporation that's owned by a holding company uh, who's owned by a guy from the Agnelli family. And when I saw that, I thought. This is the coolest thing. I like. I get Juve now. Like that's awesome. But then I realized that, or by by realize I mean I do a little bit, just two more clicks of research and realize that the Agnellis are actually more like the Rockefellers than um, the Corleones. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of rules like. Yeah, I mean, it certainly doesn't surprise me that a big, big, rich family is like in Italy of all places is uh, is, is no, like, the and, and like that that first of all that they would be like we don't think of the the in the United States of our billionaires right we don't think of like the Coke family I mean like we do sort of but like not really or or, or whatever those uh, the Walmart people also right like. We don't really think of that. This is it, it, it. To me, it owns that the Agnelli family is yeah. something that anyone. They don't even have a link to it. You have to click through to the holding company to figure out what the fuck they're talking about. It seems nice. like everyone would know about who the Agnelli family is. But to me, like that shit sounds like a crime family. I was a hundred percent sure that when I clicked through that holding company structure, they're like, this is part of a web of holding companies that like have been caught for like narco trafficking and like distributing, you know, dead bodies places. And you're like, yeah. That makes sense, but no. Apparently, this is um, the family that owns or own whatever Fiat and Ferrari, and they're basically Italian car makers. So kind of kind of boring business people. But they're the Fords, except for without the president. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, all right. Last topic. Last topic. Um, because we've done a, a solid show tonight. Um, last topic. Evan, Sepp Blatter is really doing his best to sell the world on giving this to not the United States. And I, I said last week that I thought it was 60-40 to Morocco after Trump's involvement. But after Sepp's continued involvement against the U.S. bid, it moves me back to favoring the U.S. bid 60-40. Yeah, yeah, I think that so I'm I'm not moving back that direction because of Sepp Blatter, who's an idiot and everyone and everyone mostly hates him and they should. Um 
I think there's two reasons why I'm moving back that direction. So first off, just to just to give context, Seth Blatter gave an interview to the BBC where he uh, once again explained uh, why he doesn't support the North American bid. He basically says because combined bids are bad, they're too too hard to organize, and that single country bids are better. He went during his glorious you know presidency. Um, rejected joint bids from Tunisia, Algeria, from uh, the Iberian bid, Portugal, Spain. I remember that. That's fucking um, bullshit. I'm still angry so, about that. And so that's why the bids are bad. Because um, he did They're at, bad. He didn't like them, so they're bad. It has nothing at all to do with the fact that he could not attend a World Cup in the United States as he would be immediately arrested. Also, um, he, while he was president, did have a joint bid. So don't right. really know where he's at with that. He actually, the Korea-Japan bid. Right. So he admit he basically he says that that turned out to be hard. And so joint, they decide joint bits are bad. Um, and then so that this bit is bad. Yeah, they and probably so have to hard. bribe two different like countries lawmakers. And if you have three different countries lawmakers that you have to bribe to yeah. like give like <laughs> take on all liability related to any accidents at the World Cup, uh, have the city like do that, then, yeah, it would probably be a little bit tough. <laughs> Tough yeah. on, tough on FIFA. It all sounds like a lot of salt coming from Sepp Blatter. Like he's mad that that the U.S. helped you know work with Switzerland to like lock up all of his friends. And his friends so, deserve to be locked up. They're criminals. Yeah, I know. He's really salty about it. And actually, the BBC tried to nail him down in the same interview about like <laughs> uh, how how are you sh- how did you not know about all the corruption going on? And he goes into and it's funny because the BBC article is like he then went into a meandering four minute answer. <laughs> Um, of course he did. And it's like, yeah, because what the fuck? He he's like, knew he's, about it. Of course, it was his whole point. I mean, he just kept repeating how he was never convicted of anything. It's like, <laughs> you were banned from the game. That's like the Juve people who were like, uh, yeah, no, the Calcio Poli, like no one was ever actually no, sent to jail. No one that. went to jail. So, you know, yeah, we were relegated. Okay. But no one went to jail. No, no, no one went to jail. jail. No one died, right? <laughs> Except for with FIFA, lots and lots of people died. Yeah, with uh, FIFA, people actually do die because they, you know, build stadiums on the backs of slave labor and cutter. But reg- totally normal sport, regular. very regular. Yeah, I'm uh, doing well, happy, you know. Um, so just uh, last things, kind of clean up. Real Madrid uh, tied Barca 2-2 at the weekend. Um, are they still, are people still playing soccer? I didn't even still really playing. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, there's a lot that would to be discussed about that. That is not our show. Um, but just suffice to know that I had a lot to say about it on the managing Madrid show. So if you want to go check that out, um, I heard it got chippy. It did get chippy. It got chippy and it got, um, very, very refereeing. Oh yeah, that's what it's free. Uh and uh to the extent that um you know, Real Madrid fans felt very unfortunate, Barca fans felt that you know, whatever Barca I feel like Barcelona fans always feel that the referee screwed them over. So I I guess they probably had a regular game. Um but yeah, <laughs> Messi yelled at uh, the referee literally in the tunnel at his face and literally oh, I heard about that, yeah. And literally accused him of uh Giving giving the game to Real Madrid, so that's cool. Nothing, nothing to see there. It was a regular situation. Yeah. Um, all right. So, and other housekeeping stuff. I have my an article on the constitutionality of, or on the constitutional arguments, the constitutionality of the constitutional arguments made by both 
the plaintiffs and the defendants in the crew lawsuit. I am <laughs> I may put it up on bullandorder.com, but if uh you are a human being who is looking to publish publish something like that, um you hit me up and I will uh you can buy this piece that I'm writing. <laughs> it is uh it will be long and have a lot to say about all the different arguments. Um so uh, you know what? You know what's really cool, and this is what I want to end with, and it totally isn't about me writing yeah, like dude, awesome whatever. articles. It's that it's just this little pet peeve. I don't even know if pet peeve is the right word. So like NBC Sports that plays all the Premier League games, right? So this is the last last match day coming up this uh, this Sunday, and they call it Championship Weekend, which is fucking stupid. That's infuriating because no championship will be decided this weekend or almost any weekend. Like what? It, if you're lucky, like one out of five premier league titles will come down to the last week of the, uh, of the season. Yeah. It's a-, a predictably incorrect name for uh, look. Everybody knows that the end of club soccer in Europe is anticlimactic. Don't try to pretend like it's actually not that. Right. Unless you're like, even then, sometimes not. But even if you're a huge fan of like a relegation yeah. level side, maybe well, this they, is going to be. They do this big. They do this big thing, and I guess this kind of cool. But they like so they like they every single game is televised like simultaneously or whatever on like all of the NBC oh, networks. Cool. So they they go like all the way down to like Bravo in order to get games on. Owns, like no that's games so cool. are just, streamed. just they, they put for this every single Premier League game on. Yeah, it just cancel whatever repeat of you know whatever reality shows on Bravo and put Huddersfield Town's last right. game on. Oh man, the uh, rerun of season six of the Property Brothers are gonna have to move yeah. that <laughs> to push that back. But no, and like that's cool. I'm down with that. But calling it Championship Weekend is just fucking annoying. No, it is super. Well, to be fair to them, it is Championship Weekend in that it is in a lot of cases deciding who will go to the championship. <laughs> That's very good. Very good point. I am, I am very good at making those. That's very, very smart. Um, all right, Evan, this is a short Clever. show, but we'll have more to talk about next week, I'm sure. All right, buddies. Good time to you, man. Catch you later, Gabe. Feeling my way through the darkness, guided by a beaten heart. I can't tell where the journey will end, but I know where to start. They tell me I'm too young to understand. They say I'm caught up in a dream. Well, life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes. So that's fine by me. So wake me up when it's all over. When I'm They don't like us. Yeah, I know. Why?